it says in the Bible that they overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Isn't that interesting? It's a really, really interesting combination which takes us towards victory. Is, is Jesus. You know, we can't take away from the blood of Jesus, but it's something about the word of our testimony. There's something about what we say that sends ripples for the kingdom of heaven, intimidates the enemy, and the kingdom of heaven advances. So this morning, when you hear testimony, celebrate that. Partner, when you celebrate what God's doing, you're partnering with His intentions to continue doing a good work. So this morning, you're allowed to clap and go, that's a good word. That is encouraging. Let's just practice that right now. Everyone just say, that is a good word. I'll just say, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Okay, I've given you an arsenal about five different things there. You can just roll with any one of those at any time um, that you want to. Mm-hmm. All right, so, hey, I'm just going to share uh, a testimony um, before anyone else gets up here because I've got the microphone. Uh, and I just want to um, just actually just focus on Grandma here for, for the moment. Now, it's actually Grandma's 84th birthday yesterday. So let's just give her a hand for that because that... That is amazing. Obviously, Grandma produces amazing people, a.k.a. Lynn Frew right here. So good job, Grandma. I'd say keep it up, but you're probably done with the producing. So um, you can just keep praying and birthing things in prayer because Grandma is a real intercessor. She loves to pray. And so uh, we've been blessed because of um, Grandma's prayers. I just want to just kind of just give you a little bit of a snippet of Grandma's health and what um, what's happened in her life over the la- in her life over the last six years. Because she had um, uh, six years ago, it was just after the twins, I think, celebrated their second birthday. She went home and she didn't feel very well at all, and suddenly she was weak and she collapsed on the floor and she had a heart attack. This was uh, when she was seventy six years old. Um, uh, I think it was 78, maybe. Anyway, so um, do you do the maths and talk to me later. Anyway, but uh, at that time, Bruce, uh, he called the ambulance, and he, he wrote this down here, and he said to me, by God's timing, uh, the ambulance just happened to be coming back down Lineside Road, so it was there within two minutes, just like a couple of minutes from the phone call. So that was that was first miracle right there. Um, and so Grandma's whisked into Christchurch, um, and as she, uh, as the ambulance backing into the hospital bay, her heart stops, which is very, very serious, obviously. And so they rushed her in um, to the ER, and they applied the paddles to resuscitate her. And you know, the what, what are they called? Paddles, probably. Yeah, that's right. Clear, kaching. And uh, so, Grandma's heart started up again. Woo! That is amazing. Now, statistically, the older you get, the less chance that you have when your heart is restarted. So that there is another miracle and testimony that we can celebrate um, today. So that was amazing. We were obviously really praying and really worried about what was happening at the time. Um, and so at that time as well, Grandma was given some uh, medication which thinned her, to thin her blood, actually. And uh, unfortunately, one of the side effects of this was um, completely loss of sight in her left eye. So um, grandma's actually been blind in her um, 
in her left eye for, for a number of years now. And she was um, described as a very, very sick woman. And um, the doctors were saying it was touch and go. That would be fair to say. And we were like, well, this, we, you know, we might see Grandma again in another, in another place and, and not, back at, uh, not back on Rouse Street. And so we were just, you know, obviously really praying. And then um, just by God's grace, he, uh, he healed her. Grandma got stronger and stronger and stronger. And she was back home and... We just were like gobsmacked by the energy um, that Grandma continued uh, to gain. And she was back out in the garden doing her flowers and everything, and, and she loves gardening. And, and so that was amazing. Um, and then in the um, early, earlier uh, on uh, this year... Um, she had a bleed in her right eye, um, her, and her eye had been deteriorating. Her good eye had been deteriorating uh, for the years, and, and so there were these clots in the macula, apparently. Um, that's the words. And um, so we as a church, I don't know if you remember this, we all started praying for Grandma's eye um, earlier this year. And so, Connor, I just want to call you up at this point because Connor just describes these processes really, really awesomely. Just share what happened over when on your mission trip as well. Yeah, so it was about... Two and a half years ago, Emma and I went to Uganda, and we saw really cool healings. Um, um, and uh, one particular Sunday morning at church, we were running the church service, uh, which was under a tree um, in the heat with, you know, bongos and stuff. Um, not quite church how we know it. Um, and so we, we just felt like we were supposed to pray for people, and uh, healings and healings and healings happened. Um, the most notable of which was probably about six or seven people um, had their eyesight restored. Uh, some had re- deteriorated. Uh, uh, one person was all, almost blind, and their their vision just came back. And so we came from back uh, back from Uganda um, and and shared our kind of stories with the church. And um, Nolene responded uh, for prayer. And so we'd just seen, we'd just seen, you know, it just, just happened. It wasn't even, we'd, we were, we were gobsmacked ourselves when it happened in Uganda. Like, what? Are you serious? Uh, <laughs> really? It was, what? Um, so, so, and then, then Nolene comes up for prayer and we're like, okay, yeah, let's do it. We can do this. This is going to happen. It's, it's easy. We saw in Uganda, it'll happen now. So uh, we prayed for the, the right eye, which had been deteriorating. And, um, and uh, nothing happened. And we're like, oh. That's disappointing. Um, <laughs> so we, um, I came away and thinking, man, this could be really easy just to get disappointed and stay disappointed and not pray again. But um, I just felt like, um, actually, no, I've seen it happen. I'm going to see it happen again. Like, I just put that stake in the ground. Like, no, I'm just going to stand for this. This, I'm going to, I'm going to. Pray. We're going to continue to pray. So over the last couple of years, every now and again, we'll we'll pray for Nolene. Um, and um, do you want to take? Yeah, cool. So um, yeah, nothing much seemed to have happened for a couple of months, and then um, Grandma went to see uh, Michael Brown, the optometrist here locally in in Rangiora, and he pronounced to her that her eyesight had improved. And that she now had the the capacity, if she wanted to, to get a driver's license again. So that's pretty awesome. We can we got permission to celebrate that. That is really really cool. 
Now, Grandma doesn't, she said to me, she doesn't want to blow it out of proportion because she hasn't noticed a, an incredible improvement, but she has noticed that there is an improvement and that her eye is strong. And she, because she couldn't have had a driver's license before, now she can. So that is, that is pretty awesome, eh? So go, Jesus. Go, Jesus. Yeah. Hey, um, uh, at the moment, um, Josiah, he's our youngest, he's our nine month year old, he has got this absolute craving for ball. He loves soccer balls. Anytime he sees a soccer ball, he's just like, if he could walk, he would run to the soccer ball. When we put him in, uh, in the jolly jumper, you know what the jolly jumper, you get the harness on, it's like, woo, uh, when you can't walk. And, and we all would like adult ones, wouldn't we? And so... He, 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 he's so funny. Um, he's in the jolly jumper, and, and if, if he sees a ball on the other side of the room, his legs just start kicking furiously. He's just, you know, like does this crazy little dance, and he's just, he sees this thing, and he gets so engaged to it. It's almost like he's just got a, he's there, and he's kicking it right now. And you put the ball up to him, and he kick, 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 kick. And uh, I'll show you videos later because I've got heaps of them now because they're so funny. And he just loves it. But I was just thinking uh, last night as he was kicking away about that. The kind of the faith of a child thing. You know, here he is, this little boy, and he's got no idea that the ball's over there, and if he kicks here, it's not going to do anything there. But his, his intent and his reaction, his response to what he sees is immediate. He just can't help himself. And I believe that we're called to be a church that when we see sickness or we see things that are contrary to the kingdom of God, that we just go, ah! You know, we have this kicking response. We have to move towards it. We have to do something about it. We've, we've move with this faith like a child that our God can do all things. You know, all things are possible with Christ who strengthens me. You know, if we don't believe that, who will? This is our responsibility. This is our response to sickness. This is our response to deficit. And so we want to, um, we as a, as a leadership team, as a staff, and as a church, we want to make sure that that. You know you have our full support to pray for other people or to get prayer at any times because the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. So anyway, now said, Caleb, would you like to come up the front? I was chatting with Caleb. Um, this is Caleb Patterson. Let's give Caleb a hand because he's an awesome young man. Married to Nat Patterson. Nat's amazing as well. She works with Big Brothers Big Sisters in Ringiera. She's a great person to get to know. But Pam Patterson. Caleb, <laughs> nice to have you at the front here, mate. You all right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was chatting with Caleb a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, man, that is a great thing to share with the church. And he's just going to share something of uh, what God's done in his world with financial freedom. So Mike's yours, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, be pretty short and sweet. I'm not a big public speaker. But, um, uh, yeah, so um, a few years ago I got into some uh, major debt, um, like with getting too many, um, you know, impulsive unsecured loans and stuff and um which is pretty easy to do these days but um yeah so I dug myself into a hole and um you know I thought I couldn't get out of it uh, at the time I was working um I was working on wages um and I was paying um you know pretty much all of my repayments oh you know all my money was going on you know repayments um so yeah, so the advice I was given was to just to uh, declare myself bankrupt and um, <coughs> yeah, all the debt would be wiped. But, you know, that comes with implications. But, you know, it did sound like a really easy way out. Um, so, yeah, after praying, praying a lot about it, um, I decided 
that I wouldn't do that, but I'd grind, grind my way out of it. And so, um, yeah, at the time I wasn't uh, wasn't happy, you know, where I was working. So I felt like it was time to leave, but I didn't have a, another job lined up. But I knew God had a plan for me, so um, yeah, I had to had to trust in Him. And um, yeah, so after a while, um, yeah, I decided I'd start my own business building uh, fences and decks. And ever since I started that, you know, I've been flat out over the last three years or so, and um, I've always had plenty of work. And the first two years I was doing that, I was just solely paying off debt, and now I'm totally debt free. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was awesome. And um, in that same time, I met Natalie, uh, got married last year. And uh, yeah, we just bought a house. So, um, you know, that's something I thought would never happen. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so through this, I've learnt, um, you know, if you feel like you're at a dead end in a situation, you know, whatever it is, um, you can't see a way out. You know, if you really trust in God, you know, he'll help you through it, and in a year or two or five years or whatever, you know, you could be in a totally different space to where you are now. So, yeah, that's, that's me. That's awesome. Thanks, Caleb. That is, um, I was really uh, just so stoked to have that conversation um, with Caleb that day because I think um, debt, we, we can end up accepting debt around our lives as, as a bit of a sentence and I just want us to um, agree together on something here because I know a lot of us um, own homes but we have large mortgages or mortgages at least and and every uh, every 50 years in the Old Testament they had this thing called the year of Jubilee right and it was and it was that year all debts were wiped Things were cancelled. It was like, you know, if you'd stacked up a massive thing on your credit card by, you know, buying too many camels, it was it was gone. You know, you didn't have to worry anymore because God could see that, that, that debt and burden is something that people are not born to bear. And, and like I've been saying over the last few weeks, that on the cross, Jesus broke the power of toil, didn't he? He just like the crown of thorns, he wore those. Adam and Eve were sent out into the thorns and Jesus said, no, enough of that, all right? Enough of that, we don't, you don't have to work under that. So I just think it would be awesome if there's people here today and you feel like you are in slavery to debt, enslaved to debt, then let's agree with you to see that broken. And, I'm, and, and this is a step of faith because I mean, I've got a mortgage and I don't like it. All right, I don't want it. I've got a business. I've got business loans. I don't. I don't want to agree. I don't want to agree that that 25 years or whatever is my life sentence. Like God can do miraculous things with our finances. If that's you right now, let's just raise our hands. If you want to see debt broken off your life right now, let's just agree that Jesus has the grace and the power to cancel debt. The cross was enough to cancel debt. Right now, Jesus, we right now, we surrender our financial debt to you at the cross. We just dump that on you. We just thank you that you will willingly take that from us right now. We break the power of debt, whether it be hereditary over families, Lord. We just, we thank you that debt is not our life sentence, Lord. It can be a great thing to get us in uh, ahead as well, but Lord, where debt is a burden, we break the burden of that and the fear of it choking our lives off us in Jesus' name. 
And we just receive your ideas, your wisdom, your supernatural empowering God. We receive checks in the mail, oh Lord, and just abundance from heaven. We thank you for that year of jubilee, Lord, and we take that for us right now, Lord. 50 years, too long to wait. Let's take that now in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Come on. That's good. God is good, isn't he? Very good. All right. I want to invite Tracy and Lynn up now to, um, they're going to, there's an interview style testimony right now. So Tracy, if you'd like to come up, we just want to welcome you. Let's give Tracy a hand this morning. And she's just going to break open her life and journey for us over the last year or so, I guess. that happened here and ran that for several years so although she's quiet she's done a lot of stuff and she's doing a lot of stuff but Tracy four years ago you were given some pretty bad results concerning your health what was happening then and what led up to that um, ever since I was a teenager I knew that I had inherited a kidney disease from my mum um, but four years ago um, I was given the news that things were deteriorating quite rapidly and um, that was quite a shock to me because um, my mum who I had inherited this disease from um, had another 20 years on on me before she had to have anything seriously done so yeah it was quite a shock to the system my children were only uh, 10 13 and 16 at the time so so how did you feel when you learned about that what was going on inside um, and well, up here yeah <laughs> um, I was devastated by the news. Um, I've, I was overwhelmed. I was wondering how on earth am I going to get through this. Um, as I thought about the impact on my family and on my quality of life at that stage um, and even on the length of my life. Um, and also I was working in my dream job at the time and, and I was worried about the impact that um, my health condition would have on that as well. So, yeah, all around, it was bad news for me. So, Okay, and so when they gave you that news, what were the options they gave you about what would happen next or could happen next? Um, obviously, if I did nothing, death was the big option. Um, other than that, um, I could go on dialysis or um, a kidney transplant. It could have been an option as well, um, but it the beginning um, I didn't even consider really a kidney transplant um, the threat of my death and my children being as young as they were was too much for me I knew several other people who uh, after having a kidney transplant had died and so um, I just wiped that as an option and just thought dialysis is going to be me um, at least until my children are old enough to journey their journey on their own so um, just in case yeah but the doctors didn't think the same way. No, um, the doctors didn't think that. They thought because of my age um, that kidney uh, kidney transplant would be the best option for me, that I would be able to handle that well. And, uh, yeah, 
so we began that journey as well. So. so that's another lot of news that you weren't expecting. Where was God in your world at, at this stage? Um, I didn't doubt, I didn't ever doubt that God was in my world. Um, but I did have lots of questions for him. Why me? Yeah. Why now? Um, uh, what about my family? How are we going to cope? How are we going to, you know, do life through this? So, yeah. So you, you, you believed in healing, you still believe in healing. Yep. What I was, did. plan A was the Plan miracle. A was my healing, yep. Uh, prior to a transplant or anything else ha- happening, that was always my plan that God would step in for me and that would be the end of my kidney disease forever. So yeah. So then you had to come home and, and tell Craig and the family, what, what was Craig's reaction and for the children? Uh, Craig, Craig had always known prior to us getting married that I had a, uh, kidney disease, but he, of course, too, was devastated that um, we'd had to face it as as early on in, in our lives as we did. And at that stage, we actually didn't um, tell our children any more than they needed to know. They, they already knew that I had a kidney disease, but they didn't need to know at that stage. Uh, we didn't feel quite, you know, they needed to know quite how uh, how serious the thing yeah. was getting for Fair us. Enough. So yeah. And then, of course, the journey begins of finding a donor. So tell us about that journey. Um, Yeah, um, right from that point, I made the decision that I wasn't going to look at any of my family members or any of my friends as potential donors. I didn't want um, that to come between between us. I just wanted, um, yeah, our relationships to remain the same. So I never, I didn't approach anybody at that time, but um, within about six weeks I had, and people heard the news, I had four genuine offers of someone that would give me a kidney. So um, yeah, that was amazing. And one of those people was Craig, my husband, and uh, so we decided to start the testing with him and uh, see see where that went and uh, yeah, try not to perhaps um, impact anyone else's world too much. So um, yeah, so we started the testing with Craig and um, the initial results were positive. We had um, a different blood type but compatible blood type and our tissue typing tests were good as well. So um, so they continued to do all the testing for Craig, the workup for him they call it, and um, that took about nine months to complete. Uh, and during that time of course my kidney function was um, starting to drop away too. I um, on that news, I had about 20, um, when I was given the initial news, I had about 20% kidney function, but um, that sort of dropped away to 10 or 11% during that uh, testing period for Craig, so yeah. And of course, this time we're talking about is also the earthquake season, and uh, so Tracy, you had to move out of your home, your home was red-stickered, uninhabitable, yeah. live somewhere else, you still are living somewhere else, yep, so yeah. all that pressure. But our house is being built, yay. we've made it that far (laughs) and the amazing other thing is that by this stage you were also studying for your degree in early childhood you got your diploma by then yeah you were still studying for your degree you were working four days a week part-time running a house how did you keep going um nana naps actually (laughs) every afternoon as soon as I could I'd uh, have a lie down and have a nana nap and just uh, recharge my batteries and and carry on, get up and make a meal for my family and do life, so yeah. Amazing. So Tracy, we attended quite a few hospital visits together and we'd always go in not knowing 
are they going to say, right, you've got to do something now? And uh, we come away from quite a few of those, just had a cup of coffee and went on with life. But there came the day when we were told, you were told, actually, we need to now set a date. Yeah. Tell us about that. Um, by then I'd got used to the idea of um, the fact that I was facing a kidney transplant, although, of course, my prayer and the prayers of many people in this room for me was that um, plan A would come into, into place and that I wouldn't have to do that. But um, there was heaps to learn. I had to um, lots of education around the transplant and also I had to do uh, education around dialysis as well in case my kidneys decided to um, give up before, um, before they'd given us a date and before we could go ahead with the transplant. Um, and then also... Uh, just before that, um, Craig, had a not, Craig had a nasty accident with his eye and had a, a nail, wasn't wearing safety glasses, um, had a nail go right through the centre of his eye and so he had to have two operations prior to the kidney transplant and also he's had others since. And, um, and also just before the transplant, they um, found a growth on Craig's neck and so the transplant thing was said, well, if this is cancer, that's it. We're putting a no, no kidney transplant until um, we've sorted out Craig's issues, obviously. So, yeah. And that turned out to be innocent. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. They just removed that and it wasn't anything nasty. So then we're now on this journey of leading up to the transplant. And uh, I know that there were a lot of things that you battled with, with fear and what could happen and might happen, but we didn't want to happen. Um, a lot of stuff was happening there, and there was disappointment because, you know, we had a prayer team running for, um, praying for Plan A, and that was the only thing we'd discuss on our prayer emails was Plan A. Mm. And, um, but, okay, so we get now to the night before surgery, and what's going through your mind then? Um, yeah, it was pretty scary, actually. Um, we all went into the hospital together, the family. <laughs> Sorry, even now it's hard to talk mm. about. Um, yeah, we all went into hospital together. Craig and I were in separate wards. He got to be in uh, Christchurch Women's, <laughs> and I was stuck in the old hospital. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, as the evening went on, we gave each other a hug, and I thanked him again for what he was going to do, and um, we went our separate ways. Mm. Um, at that stage, I um, wrote letters to my children and to Craig. Um, yeah. Just in case letters. Yeah, just in case letters. Yeah, it was pretty hard at that stage. And um, you're doing really well, Tracy. It's really hard when you give these testimonies, you actually end up reliving a lot of the emotion that goes on at that time. Yeah, so we're not crazy. wanting to re traumatise Tracy. We're going to finish positive. <laughs> yeah. So you began, you started talking to God in there as yeah. well. And there was yep. one particular scripture that yeah. really so after I'd finished writing letters to. Everybody, um, yeah, I spent some time with God, and um, yeah, the the book, the uh, piece of literature that I was reading, this verse was in it, and it was it was really for me at that time. It's Isaiah forty thirty one, but the people who trust in the Lord will become strong again. They will rise up as an eagle in the sky. They will run and not need rest. They will walk and not become tired. And that was that was amazing. That was that was for me at that at that time. After that, I um, took half a sleeping tablet, which I hadn't had to do right up to that time, which was pretty amazing because, like, after the earthquakes, 
I was uh, really struggling to sleep and had had to take to sleeping tablets at that stage. So, yeah, and the build-up to this kidney transplant, which was huge, um, yeah, God just gave me rest all the time. And so, um, But that last night I thought, actually, I think I'm going to have half a sleeping tablet. <laughs> this is going to be a big night for me. So, uh, yeah, so I took half a sleeping tablet and, um, yeah, and went to sleep, slept through. And uh, yeah, woke up to the day, 26th of August, yes. 2013. So yeah, we're nearly a year on from that. What is too. And so <laughs> surgery went really well. Um, yep. Only problems with some pain meds that caused a bit of sickness and yep. stuff like that. Yep. And then day five, you were both discharged, yep. um, which was quite early on, <laughs> and both came home to bed for quite a while. Um, Craig wasn't so well for a little while no, after that. No, Craig had... Um, issues with the pain needs that they had um, given him and so uh, yeah he was quite un unwell. We both had our chemist full of medicines that we went home with that we were trying to manage and um, yeah luckily we have a niece who's a pharmacist actually and so we got on the phone to her and she sorted out Craig's issues and um, yeah that got him back on the right road to recovery as well so yeah. So nearly a year, what's it been like for you for health, health wise, life wise? Um, so after after being discharged from the hospital, I had to go back to the hospital from Woodend every morning. Had to be there at 7.30 in the morning for blood tests and um, and to see the uh, nephrologist, the special, kidney specialist. Um, so initially that was every day and, um, and then it just gradually um, lessened over time to every second day. And uh, so, yeah, now I only go once every eight, eight or so weeks. So yeah, and um, yeah, four and a half months after the kidney transplant, I was able to go back to work as well, back to my job, and um, yeah, my life, my health has been amazing. My life is so different. No more nana naps for me. Um, and one of the other things that of course comes up is um, I have to be on drugs all the time, um, immune, immune suppressant drugs, so that my body doesn't recognise that it's got a different kidney in it and um, so that was a bit of a concern for me going back to work considering I'm a preschool teacher um, but yeah I've, um, this is the first winter and I'm doing well I've had a couple of colds but um, nothing serious so yeah God's so faithful. Tracy one of the really big questions and probably we're thinking this as well that if plan A was a miracle healing and you didn't get plan A how have you reconciled all of that with faith and stuff? Um I still believe, actually, that I got my miracle. It wasn't, my miracle didn't come the way that I had planned it, but, um, but I've got life, I'm alive and living mm. it, and um, my miracle came through the hands of skilled surgeons, and they actually yeah. were given their skills from God mm. anyway, and um, so yeah, God is faithful, and it's been smooth sailing, really, for us. Um, yeah, some of the other transplant patients that I've met during that time, have had complications up and down, but my journey has been pretty well smooth all the way. So yeah, that's yep. fantastic. Anything you want to finish with? Um, I want to finish by saying a few thank yous. Actually, um, thank you to those people that were on the prayer team, and are still, if I need them, I can just ring Lynn, yeah. and and um, people will um, pray. Um, we were absolutely blessed abundantly with meals and food. After the, after the surgeries and thank you to those people that provided all those meals and baking for us 
and also to the people that drove me into Christchurch every day, because the first six or seven weeks I couldn't actually drive myself, and so um, I needed people to, to do that with me as well, very early in the morning, so thank you to those people too. And thank you to this amazingly strong woman beside me. <laughs> I couldn't have journeyed that without somebody like Lynn standing with me all the way. So, Thank you, Trace. Thank you. Awesome. Hey, thank you, Tracy, for just breaking your life open and just sharing your, your journey with us this morning. Um, so much we could take from that. Um, something I guess I just want to pull out very quickly is just that what you were sum when summarising in the end where you are just thanking people and you just see actually the value of what church is about when we're going through stuff. We need each other and we've been, we've been blessed at times to have just friends and family that just really come around and support us when we need it most. And so... Yeah, well done Thrive for stepping up and stepping up um, into people's worlds when they're going through stuff. Let's, let's continue to be a church that doesn't look the other way when crisis is happening in someone else's life, but we will move towards and making an effort to engage. So very cool. And I love also what you said about um, that, you know, God, well, God's heart is for all of us to be healed. And whether that happens miraculously or through skill of surgeons, I, I think he's stoked. So yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Very good. Hey, we're going to uh, finish today with uh, some testimonies from what God is doing in the kids and the youth ministry. And we're going to see that through the, uh, the big screen up there. So you're ready down the back for that one? Very cool. Good on you guys. Hi, buddy. <laughs> At school, I had to do a monologue and I choose, chose to do the historical, well we had to choose a historical concept and I chose testimonies from dark places and finding God and I did it based on my testimony and then people came up to me afterwards and I got, like, after I got a real big round of applause and stuff and they came up and asked me afterwards like how it happened and like does it really happen and was there anything else to it and can God really like heal you with that sort of stuff and then it was cool because I got to share more of it from that and it was cool because more people found out more about God and that's the <laughs>
and we got to like 80% healed and I was like, wow, this is so cool. And then he was just like asking um, what, like what I was like and how it was and then he said just like, let's take it to just 90, just absolutely to like proclaim it that that's what was happening. And so we got to like 90 and then just the pain was going and I was just like connecting with God like I haven't done in a long time. And yeah, that's pretty cool. So it was a few Sundays ago, I work on a Saturday morning about 2am and the night before a lot of stuff had went down that I had to get back home really quickly so usually I'd finish at 11. Um, I work at Rangura Bakery, I make all the breads and the pizzas and stuff for the days on Saturdays and Sundays and so it kind of takes time to do everything like you have to you have to prep the bread then you have to put it into a prover for it to rise and you have to cook the bread and decorate you got to do everything and so like i was i was in like like a real rush i didn't really want to be at work that day and i, I had to be other places and so usually when i'm at work i pray all the time and today I, I was in a real big prayer mood so i was like god i just need this day to go as quickly as possible i need you to give me haste on everything that i can do i want everything to happen as fast as it possibly can and so I was like praying through all this and I was just praying and praying and praying and as I was making things, like stuff that would take me an hour was taking me 20 minutes to complete. Like these are lots and lots of different things that I was making, just a whole trays full of stuff that would take me an hour to do or 20 minutes. I'd stick it into the prover and things that would take 40 minutes to rise were only taking 15 minutes to rise. And my supervisor who isn't Christian also commented and he was like, it shouldn't be happening this quickly, like this shouldn't be happening like this. And that's when I realised like how fast everything was doing and by the time I had made everything that would usually take me eight hours to do I was already finished at eight o'clock so I only worked five hours to do every single thing yeah so haste and awesomeness and Jesus does stuff Okay, church, so it's Sunday morning, and Maya here had a sore leg. We had a word of knowledge. And Maya, when we started praying, out of 10, 10 being really bad, what was your leg at? Eight. It was an eight. So, hey guys, did we pray for a little bit of time, or did we pray for a long time? Long time. Long time. We prayed for like 10 minutes, eh? Yep. And then it was getting better. Now, now, out of 10, what's your foot at, your leg at? So one. Oh, who, who prayed? for the first time today for someone to be healed. Boom, a few of you guys. A few guys, cool. Who who did something today they thought was a little bit scary? Yeah, a few of you guys. Maya, how do you feel about the fact that your legs heaps better? Very good. <laughs> 